Yeah, alright, here we are. My first podcast. Um, finally, it is happening. Thanks to many friends uh, throughout the course of the last months and even years almost uh, who pushed me to do that kind of crazy stuff, which is uh, apparently called a podcast. I'm doing it now. And yeah, um, as some put it, so eloquently already, I was put here onto this planet to talk. So, well, that's what I do then. And, uh, yeah, the name for the podcast I chose is, uh, I find it quite hilarious and at the same time genius, to be honest. It's called Third Pill Reflection. And uh, as you maybe guessed already, it's connected to The Matrix, the documentary. Uh, I, uh, I mean the movie. And... Um, Haha, and I think that the third pill, because it's 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 inspired by uh, Zizek, I think he's called Zizek. No, it's the Slovenian philosopher. I, I adore him, but his name is so hilariously difficult to ex uh, pronounce that I just call him Zizek. He twittered, I think, um, saying, "I want a third pill in these kinds of times," and I found this very inspiring and very true. Um, everybody who watched The Matrix knows that the one pill brings you back to sleep and the other one wakes you up. But the question is, where the fuck do we wake up? And is that it? Um, and do we really want to just wake up? Or is there maybe another option? Is there a third pill, a third way? Or is there the third way, maybe the the mixing of two pills? I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> That's for philosophical debates to to do but um yeah so i created that podcast that podcast this baby now to uh, give reflections uh, upon events upon topics that interest me and uh, hopefully everybody else and um also what i find worth talking about it's not going to be a podcast that is telling stories so much or claiming to know the absolute truth i'm just more like a scout as one of my main teachers and friends uh, put it nicely, I'm mainly a scout, uh, sharing my experience within and without and uh, everything I have been accumulating over the last 31 years, I am sharing now and give my reflections and thoughts on them. So this is it. This is the, the platform I'm using now. and. Um, yeah, it's going to be basically from a standpoint and um, view which is deeply immersed and influenced by the occult, magic, uh, astrology, um, also Jungian psychology, alchemy, uh, metaphysics, but I'm not just a dude that's flying somewhere and trying to explain things with fluffy words, I'm really also into the logical and um, yeah almost pragmatic approaches and I like to just uh, give a clear explanation of things that seem to be uh, difficult to express with words so I see myself as a mediator between this world and the other maybe um, yeah so this is deeply influenced by this kind of worldview or point of view and I'm trying to give uh, explanations from where I'm coming from and the first 
topic, which I'm, well, I'm going to walk you through a little bit on what I'm trying to reflect upon today. It's, um, of course, the current situation, but before you turn off the podcast or click pause, be aware that I'm not going into discussions about statistics and theories and who's right and who's wrong. It's not going to be um, uh, a monologue about what I believe is true right now. More I'm reflecting upon what I see is behind the the dynamics we, we see right now, especially on social media when it comes to the current chaos and situation of COVID and why I believe it's happening and where it comes from. That we, especially, and that's my point, is to fight against each other so much that we want to be right, triumph and win over the other and be uh, the one that holds the truth and the other is, has the lies. And this is... Uh, It's a very competitive and almost reptilian brain-dominated approach to things. And I understand that it's way more complex and I'm not trying to position myself on one or the other or the third or the fourth party, but I'm saying I'm giving my observation here and I'm making clear right now that it's not about me knowing stuff and the others don't and it's not about me positioning myself with one party and trying to disregard the other. And discredit it, but um, want to reflect upon what I see and believe to know. So, um, yeah, and then I'm going into what I call the rational mind-based uh, party versus the intuitive feeling-based party or paradigm and give a little explanation there and how feelings and emotions are two different things in my view and how this whole thing connects to a deep collective shadow Uh, projection we are shoveling around and pushing the one plate of shit uh, that we have to the others around us and how this is uh, connected to our little inner child children and inner, inner child and um, yeah what's actually actually behind that like why do we do that right what what does a child want wants to be safe wants to be secure wants to be loved and uh, does not want to be wrong or Yeah, in danger, in chaos, in confusion. And uh, how this whole topic leads to the law of polarity. Um, you could call it a hermetic law. I'm not going into the discussion if this is truly hermetic or not. I know that the Kibalion is not a true original hermetic document. Still, it has its points, and I like the law of polarity, and I'm going to use it here. And uh, what's called depolarization how to depolarize from a very polarized point of view so you can venture off in a more centered way into discussions and uh, views of the world. Yeah, and then I'm going to end with, uh, with a little historical um, anecdote or story concerning the witch hunts, the witch trials in the 14th hundred to the 18th hundred and how they influenced and built the base for what we call now the scientific revolution um, that happened after the witch trials ironically or sadly even and uh, how this is connected yeah so this is the table of contents so to say and i'm going to start uh, briefly with uh, yeah the current situation i mean i'm right now in mexico i'm uh, here stuck in the jungles of hilitla in san luis potosi 
and um, here already for two months with my best friends and my girlfriend and we're having a wonderful time very privileged i must say to be able to be here right now in this kind of times happy also and uh, so this gives me a different perspective of course on things i see um the social media and i see that of course people who are in these areas where it's very heavy have a different maybe point of view or experience but i'm here for a reason and i'm giving my view from here and uh, also this podcast now was birthed because of yeah, all the time that we have right and also being in a creative mode is a nice thing to do once you have time so yeah i see social media right now as almost a little bit of a war zone at times and kind of a civil war zone you could call it i have been in honduras in 2009 when the military coup ha happened and um, Mel Celaya was uh, thrown out of the country by the military, almost killed. And I've seen a lot of people who were friends and family have been fighting and almost, well, not almost, actually killing over political opinions because of that. And it reminded me a little bit, not completely, but a little bit of these times, what I see now. I see that people are deeply immersed in their view of reality and they try not to really go into a dialogue but they want to dominate they want to be right instead of happy and they want to um, dominate and crush another opinion instead of learning and growing and maybe even uh, admitting to be wrong and this is a this is a treat of a of a, of a mature ego to to step away and admit that you might have been wrong there and an immature ego is definitely trying to fight until its last breath and i see that a lot so uh, yeah you could call it judgment or observation but that's what i see so um this is definitely an interesting process i'm not saying um, it's bad or wrong it's something in alchemy you could say it's like uh, to dissolve something and then put it back together in a better way so i think that we might here are in a process of dissolving things that are crushing and and falling into chaos and then we put them back together in order and have a nicer structure there and uh, in every healing path um, the healing i mean at least from what i know and practiced and practice still is healing gets worse before it gets better it's from a chronic Uh, disbalance to an acute disbalance which then brings the healing so it feels shitty before it actually feels better and i can see that we're in a collective ritual or a collective uh, ceremony here and we're purging my god we are purging or as uh, some people now they say oh my goddess we are purging and i do agree it so that's not just ironic that's actually my stance so my goddess we are purging and um yeah so you have this very divided parties here and of course you know that once something is very divided it's easier to be conquered so the more you are polarized the easier you can be uh, controlled and manipulated and i don't mean by any dubious circles of powerful elite people but i'm saying is you can be controlled and manipulated just by another opinion just by someone or something that puts in front of you the opposite opinion you are reactively emotionally um, jumping into it without any thoughts and you are reactive and not proactive and that's well that's your you're right but that's uh, dangerous i would say and that leads to a lot of heated emotional discussions and emotions and feelings are two different things i would say um, feelings are connected to value and emotions are more happening in the lower realm of your body 
that has to do with anger and frustration and ecstasy or some positive emotions, of course, and um, frustration and sadness. So these are, you know, automatic um, reactions of your emotional body that come up. But feeling happens more in the heart. It happens more in the heart space. It's connected to value and you can feel into something and know a truth in a different way than you can with your intellect seeing a peer-reviewed paper for example both are valid both are legit but both can become very extreme and then fight against each other both are different languages so you see two parties fighting against each other speaking a language they know best or they claim to know best but they seem not to be able to speak the other's language so you go into a dialogue trying to dominate and fight and win with a language that you mastered, but you don't know the opponent's language. And, well, this is a mess, right? It looks like a mess already, just explaining it like that. So um, what I see is there is two parties. One I call the rational mind-based party, and the other I call the intuitive feeling-based party. We could call the rational mind-based also um, the logical scientific approach, you know, where you dissect and and review and prove everything in a way that you have peer-reviewed papers and um, um, pra uh, pra uh, well, pragmatic approaches, approaches, you could also call it, but um, empirical data, statistic and research, and you base your knowing, your knowledge, your truth, your reality upon these things, outer things, okay? So once again, I'm not saying that's wrong or right, it's just what I b believe, observe, is happening and that's cool but then there's another one you know it happens not in the head happens more in a, in a feeling intuitive um, maybe even empathic state of being this is a different conscious um, center so to say where you feel into some some things where you can have a feeling of something which is true or not um, you go into a room and people are laughing at you uh, smiling at you you know but you feel something is behind there and it's not right and you feel it's true. You just feel, but you don't. You don't trust it, maybe yet. But you feel it's true, and the same happens when people have mystical experiences or sitting in ritual with medicine, you know, or um, like proper ceremonial uh, medicinal journey. You know that things can happen that no empirical study could ever prove you more than what you actually experienced in that moment. This is the truth for you. This is a deeper truth. This is an intuitive knowing. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of an applied knowledge, it's gnosis, it's wisdom, that is something that is experienced. And I see there's these two different approaches, paradigms in this world right now, and I see that they're fighting because they believe they're right. One thinks they're right and the other feels they're right. And uh, this is uh, not easy, of course, and I don't know, to be honest, how to solve that. All I can say is I think the merging of these two would be a good idea. It would be nice to give space to the other, to walk in balance, to have a holy marriage here, to have a, to have a you know, a merging of polarities, and which then actually leads to a depolarization. It leads to two faculties merging within um, being able to perceive reality in a way that is way more profound and true, maybe, than what you thought was reality and truth before. Just a hint, just a, just a possibility. And I see that. And I see it within myself. I'm very mind-based, but I'm also, over the course of the last 
six, seven years, maybe even longer, I developed a stronger and stronger intuitive feeling of knowing. And it is super important and legit. And I realized this only lately, to be honest, how important it is. And I would connect that also to a more feminine power within us. So I'm not talking here about males and females, about women and men. I'm talking about polarities, about principles, about plus minus, about being electric or magnetic, being female and male within you. You know, So we have a very left brain hemisphere dominated world where ratio or rationality, in that case, rationality and um, logic and objective scientific um, approaches are very valid and we are dominated by that world view i would say we are, we are dominated by that approach and we have to play by these rules and for me this is a very masculine um, approach to, towards things uh, left hem, left brain hemisphere approach and we have the other one the right hemisphere approach um, which is a more intuitive creative um, deeper knowing and feeling based paradigm and i think that is missing a lot and i see that we have been deprived of that it's not that it's not entirely there it's not that it was always like that it is it, this this developed this happened the question is how right so i'm going to go into that in a minute um but i'm seeing that these two are uh, deeply important to to develop and once we have developed to such an extreme that it won't almost let anything else in inside, and the other, which is the the more, um, yeah, feminine approach or intuitive feeling approach, is very much cast out, and it's not taken serious. It's not really taken seriously. It's it's ridiculed almost because how can feeling have any part in science? Well, it does not have a part in science, but it should not be only science that has the rules here. It should be, in my opinion, at least. Uh, make space for another half to come in and say we can verify certain things that we see and read and research also now through the filter of our feeling of our intuitive feeling and see if it resonates or not and um, i know this is hard for a lot of people maybe to grasp and they will maybe brush it off and say that's that's bullshit that's just uh, emotions and it's like no it's not it's not that it is a faculty that some people maybe call a sixth sense you know it's another sense that we barely developed yet, but it's super important and it's coming back and it's connected to the feminine. It was there before and it's coming back again. So um, this is how I perceive this dynamic. And now we can go to the point, what do both of these parties or all of these parties want actually? They want to be right, true. Or at least they want to know the, claim the truth. At least they want to be safe, right? I would say they want to be safe. I would say they want to be secure, knowing that what they say and believe is true and telling the world so their paradigm can live instead of being shattered. And I believe that this is connected to, to fear and it's connected to a little child within us that is in fear through the situation um, because, of that, of, because of that situation, because of that chaos and confusion, our deeper insecurities and shadows are being triggered by that and we are fighting for survival we are fighting for survival in a, within our emotions and minds so we're trying to be secure and safe and we're trying to fight maybe even um, defending a system that is not really serving us but we are doing it and the others you know might be very very deeply uh, doing the same on the other side so it's two polarities of one psychological um, mechanism 
and being safe is the original need of a, of a child um, I would say safe with a parent, safe in society, safe in love, safe in, 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 in shelter and so these kind of fights I would say is a, are fights um, concerning emotional and uh, mental safe being mental safety and um, yeah so we start to to see that this child might not have been allowed in the past to exist uh, you grow up and you do certain things um, which are disliked or not okay too much whatever it is and society and parents and and even friends tell you to not be like this. So you put this part of your consciousness, which until then was acted out into a part of your subconsciousness, which then becomes the shadow. It becomes an, an unliked, unwanted part that you push there because otherwise, if you acted out, you would not be accepted and loved. So you want to be accepted and loved, so you push it away. And you start to play by the rules and you start to wanting to be part of the majority because in the majority, you're safe, you're right, if you apply these kind of uh, opinions and everything, you start to be accepted. And so this comes from fear of not being in your truth, in your own um, intuitive knowing what is right and what is wrong for you. And it's hard to go against the current, of course. It's hard to, it's brave and also maybe stupid sometimes to go against the current, but it's something that ultimately everyone who wants to speak and know the deeper truth and to, to meet their soul, have they have to do it. And it's a brave journey, for sure. It's a, You have to be strong. Not hard, but strong. Strong for me is being soft. And strong for me is being hard. But both for me are strong. So, um, yeah, I see these, these, these people in the world, or these groups in the world, and I'm not, not excluding myself, I'm including myself. I see children in in costumes of adults. Uh, I see children in adults' bodies fighting because of fear and insecurity, confusion. All they want is security and safety. And they will do it no matter what. So coming back to the point of being in a collective ceremony, we are now purging these kind of insecurities and fears. We're purging our darkness, our shadows. We are, well, this is the difference between darkness and shadows, but we are purging our shadows and uh, making them conscious. We're making them aware. We're bringing light into these dark spots which have been abandoned and neglected for a long time. And um, I see that this is a, a painful confrontation. A lot of people don't want to do that. So they don't go to the shadow. Well, guess what? The shadow will come to you at one point. And it's going to get uglier the longer you wait. But that's completely up to each individual of course and uh, yeah that brings me of course to the point of the law of polarity so as i already stated you are more easily controlled and manipulated by a different opinion or point of view if you are yourself very polarized and then the question is why the fuck are you trying to convince someone who is as polarized as you are what does it really matter because this person won't give in exactly the same you won't give in you are polarized and you are you're so easily man maneuvered throughout this chess game by just having a strong opinion emotions attached to it and trying to defend it until you die so to say this is a very extreme example but i would say it, it applies quite often 
So the trick here is to depolarize yourself and actually it goes hand in hand with not taking yourself too serious. I mean, what do you really know, right? And then if you merge these two faculties, the one of the mind with one of the heart, and build a bridge there, I think it really helps to depolarize and become more centered so you can venture off into a world seeing empirical data and verifying it through the faculty of the of the intuitive feeling to really build a truth that is more holistic than anything you had before. And I hope for humanity and for all of us that we are going into that direction. It would bring truly peace because we are finding peace within ourselves. Because there is a there's a there's a mind fighting a feeling within us. You know, and some people the feeling dominates so much that they can't have any rational thought anymore, which leads to delusion for sure. You know, and some people they have so strong minds they don't really listen to their intu intuition anymore, and they are killing themselves. They're killing their their soul, and we are collectively killing our our anima mundi, our world soul. You know, our feminine principle, our intuition, our feeling. And uh, yeah, this brings me back to, uh, or brings me now to the point. My last point is the witch trials, the the, the destruction of the the feminine um, wisdom that we once carried as a collective in our society. And it didn't start with the witch trials; it ended with the witch trials. That this was killed off, you know. So the whole thing with the monotheistic religion. This is a whole other topic. I will not go into it right now, but um, just to give a little ex uh, example, a little peek. Um, when the monotheistic religion came to Europe, because they did not originate here, they originated in the Middle East, yeah? and um, they were, I mean, Judaism was a current, and then from Judaism there was a sect, you know, the the the, the Sadikim they're called, very very extreme fundamentalist, and from this sect emerged Christianity under Constantine in the um, Council of Nicaea, in three uh, hundred something after Christ. And they took these very intense um, current, the Sadikim current, the extreme Jewish current, and they made it somehow into the Christian religion that it then became, or it made it the, the state religion of Rome. And it emerged slowly into, or processed and developed slowly into what we know as Christianity now. Uh, of course, it's more complex than that, but I am just giving a little peek here. And um, from that on, it went into Europe and other parts of the world, and it basically killed off every um, natural religion, paganism, heathenry we had. And it killed, not just out there, it killed within us. It killed things inside of us. It was a very patriarchal um, approach towards spirituality. It was a very religious approach, not very spiritual in that sense and very patriarchal, very um, violent. And so we started to lose our heritage, our ancestry. We started to lose a lot of our half, one of, one of our halves. And it had to do with uh, worshipping things that were not in the monotheistic religious, um, uh, religion perceived as something worthy or, or, or good. Quite the opposite. They were demonized, you know, and we all know the story how it went. It was demonized, and you know the old uh, gods became demons and blah blah blah. But what I'm trying to point out here is that it started with this, and it continued until the witch trials, and we were deprived of our ancestry, of our heritage, of our pagan roots. Boom. That's that's what I'm trying to point out here, and this actually, you know, continued, you know, first being a victim of that, you know from these monotheistic religions coming to our continent, 
or coming to the continents. And then moving on, we are taking over this kind of virus, you could call it. You know, we're taking over this kind of behavior and paradigm and we spread it further. And this is how a virus actually works. So we spread it to the Native Americans, to the Aborigines. You know, we start to become a victor from a victim. And we're starting to hurt other people because we're traumatized. We're deprived of our heritage. We are split. We are hurt. So we're hurting others now. There's a saying, only hurt people hurt. It's a very interesting saying. And we did this to Native Americans. You know, we went there and we had no spiritual roots anymore. We had no paganism anymore. And we killed the paganism and the spiritual roots of other cultures. So this happened. And then what happened within us in the last stage was the witch trials, the witch hunt, all these wise women, the midwives, also wise men, of course, not just women, over the course of hundreds of years were killed. And we were collectively deprived of our, of our uh, intuitive feeling-based um, approaches. You know? These women, they, they didn't know what was in the plants as a compound, but they knew that this works. They, of course, also had um, ancestry and they probably knew because their grandmother told them and so on. But what I'm saying is that there was an approach to, to life which was more based on intuitive feeling than um, empirical knowing or intellectualized, um, mind-based, rationalized knowing. So, and this, once it was gone, gave you know, birth to the, to the Renaissance and the Reformation, which then led to the scientific revolution. And I question now if this wouldn't have happened could the scientific revolution took place in that sense as it did, in that extreme maybe, that led us to a completely left brain, uh, rational, intellectual and and yeah, empirical surging um, paradigm that is excluding everything that is not there. It's a very material, um, materialistic view on science as well. I mean, there is very scientific methods in occultism, you know. Occultism is highly academic and, and logical, but... It is not just merely focusing on the material realm and it's going into other realms and trying to to do a study of applied knowledge you know of uh, experience based practices to to get um to get information that are ver- to that are actually possible to verify through experience and it brings it here but it's not only uh, limited to the material realm, and it actually applies theories. Theories in, in science are theories, okay? They try to, of course, make it maybe practical, but uh, occultists can go into these dimensions science explains and have experiences there. But of course, these subjective experiences, even though they are applied many times with different occultists and magicians, and they're trying to um, actually see similarities, they can still not verify this objectively in a peer-reviewed paper. So you see that there is a, a there's a container that tries to to put rules on how reality functions, but it doesn't include other possibilities. And if you don't play by these rules and these measurements, it's not real. Yet it is experienced r- as real, even more real than these peer-reviewed um, papers or research even, with a lot of people. So you see here my point is that realities can be very different and yet they do, don't mean being wrong or not real just because they are not on a paper being um, objectively verified but this is a huge topic and um, um, i'm not in favor of either of them i'm just saying let's merge them somehow or let's at least accept and acknowledge that it's two different languages we speak and we have to respect the other instead of trying to dominate it and, and break it 
uh, because that's also a very masculine approach to do things. And um, yeah, making the point end, the witch trials have been the last stage of where we have been robbed of these kind of uh, inner faculties collectively. And this le left a huge gap, I would say, in our collective unconscious as well, especially. And we have been developing ever since in a way that is very extreme. And I think it's not very healthy. And we should lead ourselves together back to the to the center, back to a middle path. Yeah, so that was my rambling and reflection upon the situation that we are now facing and where this possibly could originate from or at least where some bullet points can be seen where this was influenced. And I hope that you could follow me and that you like that uh, <laughs> essay or monologue I was just holding. And um, give me some feedback if you want or just give me a message or let me know what kind of topics you would like to discuss or hear about at least uh, next time. And I'm happy to dive into it. And yeah, thank you very much. That was That was nice. That was nice doing it. I enjoyed it. And I wish you a lovely evening over there. See you and hear you another day. Peace out. <laughs>